everyone. Uh, welcome to this Level Playing Field podcast. Anyone who listens to the podcast will know that last month we released our Wave Fan Survey and now we are talking about it with the supporters, the people who go to the away match. So I've got three people on my screen and I will go around them asking them to introduce themselves just so the listener can uh, recognise the name to the audio. We start by going to James. James, if you can just say your name and what club you support, please. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi Liam. Thanks for having me. I represent Spurs Ability, Tottenham Hotspur, Disabled Sports Association. Thank you so much, James. And we'll come to uh, Keely and Jack next. So we're Keely and Jack and we support Bolton Wanderers. Finally, we've got Dean. Hi, my name's Dean. Uh, I support Grimsby Town Football Club and I'm also part of the Mariners Trust as well. As I said, uh, thank you for all joining me this evening. I think it's really important that as fans, we talk about the uh, the, the survey that came out in April. I think very quickly what I'm going to do is read off some standout stats that came from the survey. So nearly 50% of respondents said that a poor view was a barrier to attending away match day. 23% said that other fans' lack of disability awareness contributed to the negative away day experience. 43% of disabled respondents stated that they have experienced some form of abuse or negative attitude at an away game in the last five years. And the survey also showed that over half the people who took part in the survey used to go to an away game, but now stop. So I'm going to come to you, uh, Keely and Jack, first. What would your initial thoughts of the survey when, when you first saw it? To be honest with you, we didn't relate quite a lot of it. And it, we found it quite sad to see it there in the statistics because you never like to see, especially like the, the 50%, it's it's a lot of people and it's quite upsetting to see that so many uh, fans with disabilities are affected and not having a good experience or a positive experience when they're attending the away matches. James and Dean, you, you both support teams, <laughs> I hate to say this, at the opposite end of the football spectrum. Obviously, Grinsby got back into the uh, the football league but we're playing their season in the national and uh, I don't want to bang on about Spurs success too much uh, but, uh, <laughs> but did I'm interested to know at, at both ends of, ends of the um, the footballing pyramid did the survey surprise you because obviously James you're probably going to more modern stadiums whereabouts Dean you probably won't be so if I come to you first Dean and then I'll come to James I was shocked with the um with the findings I was looking at the figures and thinking really that many it's starting to highlight you know that um how much the disabled community especially the football community isn't really considered as strong as it should be so I, I was very stunned and uh, from my own experience being in the uh, in the national league I, I was quite pleasantly surprised with how good the stadiums were but obviously, when we went to small places sort of like King Flynn, when you didn't really expect that much, you kind of got sort of what you expected. But in regards to the overall figures, I was very surprised by how how big some of the percentages were. James? In terms of being sort of surprised by the findings, I think surprised, yes, I'd say, at the kind of percentages kind of stopping going somewhere against being so large. However, given some of the shifts in surface, a number of circumstances over the past three years. Um, I'm not technically overly surprised. The, the figures shock you when they first read them. But I think when you read all the risk factors taken together uh, once, you've had a sort of time to have this sort of step back from the figures and think about what the figures 
are represented. A lot of factors have changed over the past three or four years, as we know, Liam, and it's, um, it may well be a combination of those factors that are contributing to that. I suppose being fans who go to away games, what what have your experiences been? What, like, Have it been predominantly positive or have there been negative things? Um, James, I'll, I'll let you carry on. In terms of positivity or negative with the waygrounds, I think you can almost demarcate grounds, unfortunately, if that's the right word, into newer venues and older venues, really. Because some of the older venues that I've been to have done very well on their kind of modernizing and adapting of their facilities. Others, for a variety of reasons that I'm sure those clubs could handle better than I can, perhaps haven't done so well if i give an example newer grounds for example the king power stadium where i've been just recently if i think about last season the emirates they are generally doing better by virtue of being newer facilities there are older facilities where unfortunately things happen not that i like to single out clubs who are kind of doing worse but if i think of the places i've been season Barnet Football Club. My experience there wasn't overly good, obviously, being the home of our women's team. So not necessarily an away ground for me. I was the guest of the away side. Not that they segregate the fans at women's football. They said, oh, you're supposed to go in there. <laughs> there, sir, said the lead steward. I said, yeah, but there's stairs there. Is there a ramp? No, sir, I'm afraid there's not. <laughs> right, so what do you suggest I do? Uh, well, sir, I'm going to have to get the stadium manager to come around and unlock the disability gate because we weren't expecting any wheelchair users in today. Firstly, it's the new and older venues, but unfortunately, I think the preparation does need to be there a bit more. Keely, you obviously go to a game as your son's carer, and but also obviously as a mum. I mean, how have you experienced um, going to football and how long, I'm interested to know actually how long you've been following Bolton away. So following Bolton away really has only particularly been over this last season. We've been to one or two away matches, but we was limited due to our works really. But as our, our works have got a bit more family friendly, we've been able to go to more matches. But at home, we've been, we've been following Bolton since Jack was about, I think he went to his first match about six months old. Um, and he's 10 now. So we have been following him for quite some time. We, and we've been uh, Bolton fans for all our lives. We've had a varied experience um, in terms of the away matches. Uh, one of the biggest challenges seems to be booking tickets. We really struggle with the tickets. We're a family of four and me and Jack are often in a completely separate area to um, dad and, and Jack's brother. One of them being um, we, were me and Jack, Portsmouth, I think it was. Me and Jack was actually sat with the home end and we were the only Bolton fans in the whole of that home end. And I was quite nervous, really, thinking, my goodness, if we score and Jack starts cheering, because he does start cheering very loudly, what's going to happen but thankfully they they were kind of used to the fact that they do have disabled uh, visitors from the from the opposite end um, there um one of the other experiences that we've found quite difficult as well is um obviously i know i've, I've mentioned it to yourselves is the view put out a photograph obviously yourselves have been have seen that and that was on the um away fan survey findings where jack just couldn't see and then the stewards there was just no education there from the stewards at um, point of view in terms of fans were stood unfortunately it was our own fans were stood in front of Jack 
the gangways were, were completely blocked and Jack had no view whatsoever. I kind of understand from the fans in front of us because the fans in front of them were stood up and, and it is the away atmosphere to stand up and create that atmosphere. But I think it was the the away grounds fault in a way for not planning for the fact that you've got a wheelchair user and you've got so many rows in front where people can stand. And then obviously the, the change in facilities, there is, um, it's really sad that in the whole of the amount of away matches we've been to, we've only had one ground where we've been able to change Jack. And that's quite sad when we've done like 400 mile round trips to support our club. Dean, what about yourself? Obviously, you've transitioned from league to national, um, but I don't know how long you've been following Grimsby. It's always a journey with Grimsby, so uh, let us know. I've been following Grimsby for well, around about 20 years now. I've been a season ticket holder for 10. Like, like what's already been spoke about today, you know, uh, when you're going to certain grounds, like I've actually been to Bolton, great ground, by the way, <laughs> and, uh, you know, great facilities, but... We had a problem last year in in the National League where it was more down to the ignorant people that just would not get out of the way. The amount of times I a friend takes me because he drives, I don't drive, so he drives me to there. We know a lot of fans on our own, it's mainly, that they, they don't try to get in the way. But what I'm glad with our supporters is the fact that we do try and help. But when it comes to going into away ends it's very tricky because I've done it at Solihull last season and I've done it at a couple of other grounds you get so many funny looks and I've always had the, the funny looks with not just that but with the staff as well uh, last year one of the best grounds I've been to is Notts County because the the, the, the stewards there and everything there they, they couldn't do any more for you there's times where we've gone we want to travel but you know with, with, the, with the atmosphere around trying to get the tickets and trying to get people to to actually listen to you, it can put you off travelling down. So, and that's what happens with me. So, okay, let's, let's try and be proactive then. What policies, Dean, then, do you think or procedures can away clubs have in place for the start of next season to, in, to enhance your and, and, and other disabled fans' match experience? Be more clear with the, the, the ticket outlay, for one. I don't think it's very clear. Uh Example, I was looking at one club the other day. They say there's minimal spaces. Then they're not giving you the exact amount of spaces there is. What do they mean? Do they mean there's five? Do they mean there's 10? Do they mean there's 12? They're not clear with that. It's like car parking spaces, which is similar as well. They could be more clear with that. Um, I know a club um, as well that I've been to that has 10 disabled bays, but only has five car parking spaces. Things like that. They may only seem like the minimal things, but they really can make a difference to a disabled person's, you know, match their experience. Clear instructions and information that's easily accessible. James, is is that something you would agree with? Yeah, absolutely, Liam. I think that's part of what I said earlier about planning. That clear information, you are able to sort of, before a match, go, right, we're aware of this, we're aware of that, we're aware of the other. Whereas at the moment, it's it seems to be you're more likely to get there and go, all right, we weren't aware of that, we weren't aware of this, and we weren't aware of that. that is, I think, the main change that we need to see. As Dina said, the information, it needs to happen in advance of matches. Kaylee, what about for Jack? I mean, what information are you looking for on an away day to make sure that not only Jack's match day 
is 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 a good one but also you you're, you're planning out like you said like bathroom breaks or uh, or whereabouts parking is available we do look at the parking because obviously we've got the wheelchair accessible vehicle and um, so we need to make sure that we've got space for the ramp to get down because we have been on car parks where as as we, everybody knows when you're on the car parks they're very very busy everybody's fighting to get out at the end of the match so we need that ramp clearance so that's one thing that we have a look at um, we've actually had fans, our own fans and ourselves, stop traffic before because it was it was dangerous. So that's one thing that we look for: um, accessibility for the for the wheel for Jack's wheelchair and changing place. Like I said we're, about the toilet breaks, we've only visited the one in League One um, that's got them. We we have been trying to actively campaign for the changing places, but it's not just about obviously the the grounds. We we also we having a look on the apps to find out if we've got any toilet breaks on the way there as well so yeah there's quite quite a lot of planning into um away matches you you've kind of hinted there that you travel down in your own um vehicle uh kaylee yeah. is that the case for for you and uh sorry for for james and dean do you both travel down in your own transport yes yes i do uh travel down in the own transport and it's uh, like kaylee's just said there it, because of that you know you're always looking around we've we've done it where I think I've I've had to literally rent a driveway out to actually find a place to park my car for the same reason as with the ramp on the back of mine, um, because trying to find a, a a level place to put the ramp down, whether that be uh, you know a standard ramp or whether that be an electrical ramp, that can be one of the most difficult things to do. And we're, sometimes we're going around for about half an hour just trying. <laughs> Just trying to find somewhere to to park the car that's that's viable. Uh, I'm in the same situation as already mentioned. My carer and I will always travel, with the exception of one or two national games that we've been to. But in terms of club matches, um, yeah, we will always travel in our own vehicle, and um, it can be a nightmare. And that's sometimes the reason why you don't go to an away match. Well, um, I mean, we all know that parking is a premium, unfortunately, at football. So with that in mind, then, if the club provide accessible cl- official club bus transport, would that be something that you would all be interested in? Absolutely. Well, some wonders do actually offer that service. Um, our friends, um, I believe you might know them, Stephen and Morgan, they um, liaised with, I'm sure it was Dan Scott, the um, disability liaison officer at the club, but they did definitely liaise with the club. And they organised a wheelchair accessible uh, transport. And Jack would love nothing more than us as a family. We we would access that. Jack thrives off uh, being in a group of fans who are all chanting. He, he gets He absolutely enjoys it. However, the downside is, is as I mentioned before, we plan our journey there on where we can access a service station or somewhere where we'd have a change in place. If we're going further afield, obviously Jack is going to need a comfort break and that transport, unfortunately, doesn't filter that in. It would just be a service station that is convenient rather than a a service station with that facility and that's what puts us off. What about yourself, Dean? Uh, Grimsby in our situation, we do have a we do have a relationship with a uh, bus company in Lincoln. They don't have many wheelchair uh, spaces on there, so if you sort of like you you're not able to transfer into the chair, they can get about one or two spaces. We have been looking at trying to get more bus companies or something that will be able to do that. Being the kind of area in the UK that we are, it's not as easily accessible 
to people like us. So we don't actually have a club run one. It would it would be a good a good idea. But like I said, we have we have fans as well that wouldn't be able to just do the designated stops. They may need to be stopped um, earlier or maybe a bit sooner if like to, to changing circumstances. So it would be good, but I think again it's communication between disabled fan base clubs as well, you know, and, and making sure that the communication is easier and is more thorough to get through for the disabled fan base. So we've already kind of touched on it, but I, I want to hit on it again, and that is standing and and block views. It, it's it's kind of a thing that's come embedded though in an, in the away match. Everyone stands. Once everyone stands, it's very hard for a steward to to imp- impose no standing. I'm interested to know, like, how can disabled people and advocates tackle this issue that is so systemic in football? Do you think it's something that can be tackled? I think it's going to be difficult to tackle it because it is part of the atmosphere. And like you said, once people start standing, it is difficult for the stewards. And I think us as fans who are there and behind that, um, the, the people standing, we we can't tackle it. We we did speak to people at the day, and obviously they they've paid just as much as we have. They've got the right to be able to see just as much as Jack has got the right to see. So I think it is difficult from a fan point of view, and I think it's down to the club to themselves to make sure that everybody has that equal viewing and access. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it, Liv? At our DSA AGM, we spoke great length about issues like this and I, I agree with some of the points made there in the room that it is about people with behaviours and these behaviours I accept are learned and there are certain things that we can do to be able to shape behaviours. However I do think it's down to the clubs and down to the stadiums really. I understand obviously not everybody is going to be able to build state of the art 60,000 seat stadiums like we've got or Arsenal have got for example but even some of the older Premier League venues have managed to do quite a lot of work on making sure kind of views aren't obstructed by standing fans. I think the most kind of shocking thing that came from the survey was the fact that 43% of of, of people who took part stated that they've had experienced some form of abuse or negative attitudes at an away game in the last five years. Now, we've seen the rise of racist and homophobic abuse from Kick It Out, who have stated that they've seen a rise in this. Are you surprised that the supporters who took part in this survey have stated so highly that they've been affected by some form of discriminatory abuse? Dean? Uh, Not surprised. Short and sweet now, I'm not surprised. I, I suppose a follow-up question, uh, and I, I'll push this to James. Are you surprised that this isn't spoken about more regarding... Because we speak about homophobic and racist abuse, and, and we should, and, and we should continue doing that. But do you think that when we talk about disability and disability abuse, or, or language of disability, it's not spoken about in the same kind of pressing issue? The kind of view I take on it is a slightly more nuanced one. As you say... We absolutely rightly talk about racism, homophobia, and those things 
are absolutely right. Those organisations will obviously continue the great work that they are doing to raise awareness of those particular abhorrent issues. However, however, the view I take on kind of disability abuse and discrimination is you've got to be careful not to undermine the goal you're fighting for. If you are looking to draw to yourself, you know, attention to your disability, in my experience, it can often create something I call unwanted sympathy because people's gut reaction is always sympathy. And I always say, no, 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 no. Sympathy isn't necessarily the thing. There will always be, not there will always be, because I hope someday that this will not be the case. And I'm sure if we keep working at it, eventually it will not be the case. However, at the moment, there is a lot of that unwanted sympathy. However, uh, we need to highlight the stories and think, right, what practical steps can we take to kind of raise awareness of this, these things? And not not just necessarily awareness. You know, what can we do to make other people take notice? Spurthability have worked very closely um, with various supporter clubs over the last year or so. I suppose most prominently, that's Proud Lily White. And we have taken kind of some of the strategies that they have been using to raise awareness of homophobia and LGBTQ plus rights. And we've tried to use kind of these kinds of strategies to raise awareness of disability rights. And I think sometimes if you're collaborating with people across your club, for example, like we're doing with Proud Lily Whites. I mean, that can only be a good thing. That really can only be a good thing. Let's finish this then with uh, giving practical advice and what advice you would give to any supporter who's thinking about going to an away game but is worried about attending. Because obviously what we want at Level Playing Field is many disabled supporters going to football. So I'll come to you first, James, and I'll go around. I think the main advice I'd um, sort of go to with uh, away matches in football but also in all sport is go if you want to don't let your disability put you off going but plan always plan because you don't want any unpleasant surprises when you get there you shouldn't get any if you plan but you want to be avoiding that and there's one more thing Liam if you can speak to a fan who has been there before do so do not take and this again applies to all sports not just football do not take the information on a club website at face value. It is not always true. Please take that from me. As someone who's held a Spurs season ticket for 11 years and has been going to Spurs away games for nearly that long, I've had a good few experiences where, unfortunately, they shouldn't do it because I believe they have a legal obligation not to, but clubs, unfortunately, do stretch the truth sometimes. So, yeah, always plan. And if you can, speak to someone who's done it before i'll come to you kaylee so i'd pretty much say exactly what james has said to be honest with your plan ring the club up beforehand um if you can find out the designated disability officer which it should be on the website um speak to them talk through any concerns that you have any needs that you have and check if the ground can can meet them needs like James said, speak to a fan that's been there. Try and buddy up with somebody. We've become really great friends as a family now, uh, even outside of football, with Stephen and Morgan and Reese. And that, but that was originally through football. 
but we can share these experiences together and keep going. Like Jem said, don't let your disability stop you. Keep going. We're all here and level playing fields are absolutely amazing in raising awareness to try and get that level playing field for every fan in every sport, not just in football. But if we stop going, we're never going to make it better for the future. So keep going. And lastly, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Dean? Yeah, well, pretty much what, what both guys have just said there, really. You know, don't let your disability stop you. You know, do get in touch with the clubs. Don't be afraid to ask the difficult question towards the club. They're the ones that have to answer the question. Don't be afraid to come forward to a club. You know, don't, you know, my son, my daughter, my brother needs this. Can you cater for this? And what you'll notice with a, a lot of clubs, not every single one, but a lot of clubs, they will try and cater. You know, they will try and cater for you. So, yeah, keep going. Enjoy being a fan. You're a fan, first and foremost. Your disability is secondary. Get in touch with the clubs that you want to go to. Enjoy the game. Be a fan. And I'll say it again. Just enjoy yourself. What I would say to anyone is if you do want information, uh, the Level Playing Field website does have club pages that are being updated as, as I speak. So uh, please do go visit that and uh, you should find all the information that you need for your club there. James, Kaylee, Jack, Dean, thank you so much for your time. James, I look forward to coming to Spurs and doing one over uh, you as a Forest fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can't have that, Liam. We can't have that. But um, I'm sure you'll have a great experience at the ground anyway. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.